Welcome to Pep Talk and Pickleball, the podcast where we explore empty nest life, health, fitness, and nutrition, all with a side of pickleball fun. I'm your host, Jill Lewis, your guide through this exciting phase of life. As a certified faster way to fat loss coach and fellow empty nester, I'm here to share insights, interview experts, and yes, sprinkle in some pickleball talk. Join me for weekly doses of motivation and laughter as we navigate health, happiness, and pickleball passion. Grab your paddle, join the conversation, and let's dive into Pep Talk and Pickleball. Welcome back to Pep Talk and Pickleball. I'm your host, Jill Lewis, and I am joined today by a fellow Faster Way to Fat Loss coach and a physical therapy assistant. This is Blakely Lazat, and I am so thrilled that you're here to join me. Thank you so much, Jill, for having me. It's so good to be here. Well, the reason that we connected, Blakely and I, we started talking about that she works for a company that has an association with pickleball, right? That is correct. Select Medical actually is the pro trainers for the pro pickleball league. So I, you know, I'm obsessed with pickleball. So tell us about that. Like, you know, what's going on there? Well, they go, they have physical therapists that go around with the professional uh, pickleball league and they help to keep them from getting injured or helping them to recover so that they can to continue to play their game and stay up in the league of the sport. That's awesome. So as a physical therapy assistant, I'm assuming that you see quite a few injuries come through the door. So um, have you seen any pickleball injuries? I have actually, since the sport has taken off so much over the past few years and people just love playing, I do see some injuries that come in the door and their goal is to get back to pickleball as soon as possible. Tell me, okay, so the people that are coming in um, playing pickleball or, you know, maybe even other racket sports, um, tell me, like, what's the most common type of injury that you're seeing? Most of the time I see is knee and ankle. Interesting. And is there like a certain demographic that is typically you're seeing this uh, type of injury with? Over 50 is typically my demographic that I get with the pickleball injury. And they, I think, are getting back to activities that maybe they have not felt that they have been able to do in a long time and go really hard at it. And then they unfortunately get a little injured. So then they come to see me so that they can get back to playing. Gotcha. So, okay. If somebody comes to you with a knee injury, like what's, I mean, this is kind of, I'm sure everybody is different, you know, like you and I, when we tell our clients like bioindividuality is a thing, and I'm sure that goes along with all injuries with people, but tell me, is there like a protocol that when someone comes in, they play pickleball, they have a knee injury, like typically what is that looking like? What are the complaints? And then what are you doing with them? Sure. I mean, there's obviously levels of injuries. You know, we have just tendon tears or strains. And then we also have where we get the ligaments involved. So for instance, an ACL injury, you know, those are a little bit more um, severe and typically require surgery. But majority of the pickleball players that I've seen don't necessarily have to have surgery. It's more of just the typical strain or just knee pain um, or the rolling of the ankle or just an ankle sprain. That That's what we see a lot of just from the repetitive motion back and forth. 
uh, we'll typically have an evaluation that is done by my supervising physical therapist. And we'll really kind of focus on where are the deficits located? You know, it's usually a lot of times with the knee, there's somewhere else above it that is causing a lot of the strain on the actual knee itself. So our job is to find that deficit and then focus really a lot more isolated on that area to build up the strength so that their knee can get back to a good, healthy level. So explain to our audience what you mean by that when you say it's typically an issue that's above the knee that's what's causing this. Absolutely. So the knee goes in two directions, in and out. But a lot of times we look at our knee and it's going in a lot of different directions. So if you think of, you know, a lunge sideways, a lunge forward, a lunge backward, there's a lot of different directions that the knee can actually go. A lot of that is actually led from the hip itself. So if you think of your hip joint, it's a ball and socket. So it actually drives the knee into a variety of directions. However, if the hip is going one direction and the knee is going in the other direction, it's not exactly an ideal situation for the knee. So when we're looking at a lot of the deficits, we're really looking more at a lot of the hip weakness. Okay, that's interesting. So then if someone has an injury to their knee or they're just experiencing knee pain, um, you know, someone that's just listening out there, what would be some ideas for them, um, you know, to do? Obviously, seek some professional advice wherever, you know, you live, but is there anything they can do on their own? Sure, there's a lot of exercises that they can do on their own. Um, I mean, I usually do try to get somebody to get with somebody just to make sure that, you know, that they're strengthened in the right areas. You know, we can do a lot of times you'll see people on a leg press or a bike or, you know, different types of machines, but that may not target the specific area. So learning that area is usually better to find out exactly where we're losing ground as far as the strength itself. Mm -hmm, for sure. Now, when I'm playing pickleball, I always see um, at least a couple of people out there with a knee brace on. And a lot of times I wonder, is that just kind of like their little security blanket or is it really needed? Um, I'm just curious, like, does a knee brace do like that much for them? I mean, this is like something I, I never see them like playing without it. Right. And there's, for me as a therapist, there's two different types. So you have the one that's structured by like an orthopedic surgeon who is to protect from a specific repair. A lot of times you'll see it in the football players, which is that hinged professional molded brace. And that really prevents the ACL from being re-ruptured because unfortunately, once they've had a rupture, they're, I think it's over 82% more likely to either re-rupture it or rupture the other side. And that's an eight month recovery. It's a really long type of recovery, but the ones that are just like a sleeve that just slide on, as a therapist, I usually have a different opinion of what the patient wants to hear. And it's usually that the brace is more of a security blanket. And we do want you to get away from it as soon as possible because with a brace, what it's doing is actually taking the role of your muscles itself. So if we can strengthen the muscles to actually brace the joint and do what it's supposed to do, we shouldn't need the brace. Right. And I would think too, a brace like that, that compression one would reduce your range of motion as well. And I don't know, it just seems like it would, 
it would drive me nuts. I couldn't handle the <laughs> the way it feels. But I get that some people just like that compression, like it's just holding it all together, I guess, or something. Yeah. Um, but I also see it with, you know, on people's elbows. Um, I see people wearing gloves. Sometimes I see people wearing gloves if, if it's really hot, you know, just their hands aren't so sweaty um, holding the mm -hmm. paddle. But um, I definitely see like the elbow um, braces as well. Is that kind of just the same thing? Yeah, I mean, again, you have the tendonitis, which is, you know, again, it's a little bit of a different injury, but I mm -hmm. still feel like braces have their place when it's an acute or it's inflamed at the beginning. But our ultimate goal is to eventually get you away from it, because, again, it does inhibit your muscles from doing what they're supposed to do when they're not working. They're getting weaker. I always think, too, you know, um, I have clients, as I'm sure you do, when it comes to working out that if they're, um, you know, over 50, that they're like, oh, I've got bad knees. I can't do squats. I can't do lunges. Um, you know, there's a lot of these exercises that I just can't do because I have bad knees. Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm always like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you know, um, tell me your philosophy when you hear that. And what are you telling your clients or your patients um, when they tell you that they have bad knees? Yeah. My first saying is you, there is an exercise you can do. We just have mm -hmm. to find the right one and build from there. It doesn't mean you can't ever do that exercise. It just may mean we can't do that exercise right now, or we may need to find a good modification, but the, to exercise it is going to build it and make it stronger. So if somebody was going to say, I can't do like, I don't know, lunges, for example, mm -hmm. what are, what are some of your moves, like go-to moves that you like to encourage them to do? So I'll start with a step up. Can you do mm -hmm. a step up so we can build the quad, you know, and then we'll work on some step downs and then we'll do some modified lunges in between, you know, two tables and not go so deep. And we'll change up a, a variety of things to where we can work on the lunging motion without actually going and putting so much force on the actual knee itself. Yeah. And yeah, I just think there is too, like, you just have to get creative and, and work with your coach or work with your, you know, physical therapist on how you can, how you can still you, uh, strengthen your legs because there's at no point in your life that you're not going to want muscles in your legs because we're always going to want to be, when people tell me they, they can't do squats. I'm like, well, do you sit on the toilet? I mean, that's generally, <laughs> you're basically doing a squat, you know? So if you want to be able to do that um, by yourself, as I'm thinking most people want, will always want to be able to go to the bathroom by themselves, then you're going to want to strengthen your legs, right? Absolutely. That is one of my most famous quotes that I give everyone is, well, do you enjoy having people go to the bathroom with you? Because if not, you need to get off the potty by yourself. By yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people don't realize that. And even if they're, you know, I just turned 50 and it's like, you know, you may not be thinking, oh, when I'm 70, when I'm 80 right now, but I mean, we know time goes by pretty fast. And if you're not using it now, it's not like it's going to be easier when you're 60 and 70. <laughs> That's right. Muscle strength doesn't come back on its own. That's right. I always love to, um, Renee Carls is another faster way coach and she always says motion is lotion. And I like that little, um, phrase just to, you know, keep it loose, keep it moving. That's right. One of my professors used that motion is the lotion that keeps the joints a going. What do you think about flexibility and, um, with regards to when you're, getting active into something new like pickleball. Absolutely. I think it's important to, rem you know, 
remain as flexible and as mobile as we can. And that doesn't necessarily mean with strength training. That also means stretching and mobility work, which are two totally different things. And as a therapist, I'm terrible at it. I talk about it all the time. Does that mean I do it? Not very often. That's one of my goals for this year is to incorporate more, you know, mobility and flexibility training because when we are strength training and our muscles are getting stronger, they're also getting tighter. So we actually lose mobility the stronger we get. Mm, yes. So I like that you said mobility and flexibility is two different things. Um, when I get out to the pickleball court, so typically like when I'm in Florida, I ride my bike there. It's only like a mile away. So it's nothing. It's not even, that's not enough of a warm up for me. I mean, I do air squats. I do lunges and I do side lunge. I do lunges in all planes of motion because I just know in pickleball, you're moving around weird, you know, and I really like doing things like leg swings. Um, but those are typically what I'm doing just to get my body moving. You know, uh, is there anything that you would recommend for people like before they start playing? I've actually just done a course this year, this past year on ACL and they really enforce the FIFA 11 it's what the soccer league uses and it's there's a dynamic warm up that they can pull up online there's an entire breakdown of you know where you start and then there's like three different levels where you can work and it's there the fifa corporation uses it for all of their soccer players and they've seen a drastic reduction in knee injuries just from this warm up Really? I just wrote it down. I'm going to look it up. That's really yep. interesting. FIFA 11 yep. sounds like an Xbox game. My kids used to play when they were young. Um, <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Well, that's really neat. We'll have to check that out. So yeah, warm up. And then at the end also, and I guess I do a good job warming up. I don't do a great job when I'm finished playing. I just either go get in my car and drive home or I hop on my bike and ride home and uh, so the cool downs is when we need to be working on the stretching, like when we warm up, right. We need to be doing the more dynamic stretching, more working in, um, the squats and the lunges and the, what I was talking about. But when we're finished, that's when we want to be holding those static stretches, right? That's usually what I recommend. Yeah. And that's where I am terrible about doing it as well. So maybe we can work on that together this year. Yeah, because I always see people when they, if people, what they can would consider a warm up would be the static stretching first before they play. And actually I think, you know, that's when you need to be doing those squats and things. So a static stretch, just holding a stretch when you're cold, maybe doesn't make as much sense. Like that's what you want to do at the end. So it's, I don't, you think it's better to do like the lots of movement, you know, as your warm up? Yeah. Because the dynamic stretching is bringing the blood to the muscle itself to get it ready. Also encouraging the neuromuscular reeducation or the response from the brain to the muscle itself that we're getting ready to work with the static. You know, it, I think it's better to hold because the muscle fibers actually respond better to the elongation of mm -hmm. the actual hold which helps to keep and maintain that flexibility. Yeah. Well, when it comes to, um, you know, like the equipment specifically with shoes, I think that has a big uh, deal with pickleball. You know, my husband, he hurt his ankle last year playing pickleball because he just had on regular tennis shoes and he didn't have on court shoes. And so when he, in pickleball, uh, you plant your feet. And then if you move suddenly laterally, and you don't have on the right footwear, you know, your ankle can roll where court shoes just have more support and they're just made for that. 
Um, but I'm wondering if that's where you've seen some ankle issues because of that. It is. And the fact that we are not very aware of our balance, mm. like, I mean, us as adults, we don't practice our balance and that's where the, a lot of the ankle stability comes from. But yes, I'm a big believer in shoe wear and that there's adequate shoes for adequate sports. And I get yelled at all the time when I buy new shoes for starting something different. <laughs> Well, I saw, this was interesting today, even I was playing pickleball and there was a woman wearing hokas. And now I love hokas for walking. Um, I don't really run anymore, but you know, I do a lot of walking and they feel amazing on my feet, but for me to play pickleball in those, because the soles on those are so big that I was like, oh my gosh, that would make me so nervous that I would roll an ankle. And she said, it's the only thing I can wear because of my plantar fasciitis. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting, but I hope you don't hurt yourself in the process yeah. even more. And I'm not a shoe person as far as knowing all of the ins and outs. Yeah. Shoes, but go get fitted. Right. Yeah. Like in my little town back up in Illinois, we have a running store that they actually have the equipment there to fit you in the appropriate shoe. It's like this machine that looks at, you know, you could get on and you run and it, it looks at your gait and how we're where your foot lands and it's mm -hmm. really interesting. And then he can kind of set you up with the, you know, the right footwear that you need. Right. And a lot of these companies will do that for free. Yeah. You have an injury, right? That you overcame. Did I likely, did I see that? How long do we have to talk? <laughs> well, I give us, quite, I have quite a few. <laughs> well, give us, um, give us some like hope on if you've had an injury and because that is really frustrating, you know, this time of the year, people are really gung ho about getting their, you know, fitness together and nothing is worse than, than having an injury to set you back. And it is pretty defeating. So tell us about a time that you've had an injury that you've over, you know, been able to overcome it and, and how did you do it? So I've actually done two knee injuries. I tore an MCL and a meniscus in one, and I did my LCL and my meniscus in the other skating and rehabbed went to PT and rehab. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Skating as in ice skating, like rollerblading, roller skating, roller derby. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. When was this? That was in, so I started skating in 2008. Yeah. 2008. Okay. Yeah. For a team. And then I went and skated for a higher ranking team in Columbia, South Carolina, go CQS. And that's where I actually underwent all of my injuries was because I was on a, a higher playing field and it was definitely more demanding. And I was not in shape for it at all, mm. but it actually led me to physical therapy. I was not a physical therapy assistant at that time either. So rehabbed both of my knees and was able to return to skating. And yeah, it's, it's very nerve wracking to go back in and try to go back to it. And the mental obstacle is a huge hurdle to have to overcome. So yeah, I would imagine. Then in 2015, I actually broke a part of my back skating and got uh, that actually made me retire because it was, if you don't, you may not, if you get to the point, you may not walk again. So it was, you know, pretty devastating because I loved it, but in a lot of pain afterwards, because again, I was not into this was all pre faster way. Every mm -hmm. single bit of this was pre faster way. 
And then in 2018 was at work as a physical therapist. I was going to school actually at the time in 2019, graduated, started treating patients and I was in even more pain. So went and saw a surgeon and he said, yeah, it's getting unstable. You need to work on this. Found Faster Way in June of 2020, went back in December and he said, you don't need surgery. Keep going what you're doing. You're strong enough. It's stable. We don't need to do anything at this time. That is incredible. Just from yeah. strength training? Yeah. That Just, is amazing. Yeah, strength training. So kudos to Faster Way for getting me in the right direction. <laughs> Man, I can't think of a better um, plug for the faster way than just that how strength training can can help you just in, gosh, every facet of life. I mean, I'm addicted to it. Um, so I know a lot of people are probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, it's not just not just how you look and um, how you feel. I mean, it literally helped you to not have surgery. I mean, that's huge. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I knew what was going on as far as you know, with my body, but I didn't realize it. It took somebody else pointing it out and seeing the benefits of truly strength training with a purpose, not mm. just to lose weight. It was to get better and avoid surgery that that's where it really kind of woke me up and said, I've got to do this. I've really got to focus on this. And then I'm curious. So was then the side effect of you doing the faster way workouts? Did you lose weight after that? I'm down 53 pounds. That's incredible. So um, I recently talked about this on my podcast about how I wish that the new year goals were not about weight loss for a number of reasons. One, because it's, we know that the scale is really deflating when, if it doesn't go down in the time frame that you think it should, and then you want to give up. And then it's also because muscle, you know, takes is more dense and, you know, your body composition changes don't always equate on the scale, like you think they should. Um, but the other part is that it's just, it's so much like better mentally, I think to, for the focus to be on getting strong instead of just, I want to get skinny. I want to be skinnier, you know, attitude because that, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a so much more empowering way to live your life thinking I'm going to get strong than it is to say, I, I just want to be smaller. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And from the therapy standpoint, when I get all of these patients that are going through rehab and that's their, that's more of their fear is gaining weight while recovering. And then they don't realize that what they're doing to try to stay skinny is making their rehab longer because they're really losing muscle mass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's so many people. So yeah. Like, so when you're getting stronger and you're, you're naturally going to be losing fat on your body, just the more muscle that you put on your body, um, the more fat you're going to naturally burn. And then, um, so it's kind of like the side effect of you strengthening yourself was that you lost all of, all of that weight, which is incredible with nutrition though. And when people are getting over an injury, you know, a lot of people think they really need to restrict them because they can't move as much. Exactly. And they really need to increase what they're eating quality food, of course, and focusing yeah. on protein because the body's natural response is to eat away at the muscle because it's not being used. That's what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. so when you're thinking of somebody who has, let's say, especially in the aging population, a knee replacement, it sounds so simple, but when they come to me, their leg is so weak because it's just literally atrophied in just three weeks, it's just gone. And then it takes us even longer to kind of get it back and build it up to where they can get back, which most of them do. 
which is, you know, again, just shows the remarkable response of the body. That's so true. And yeah, so if you're out there listening and if you are recovering from an injury, your body needs nutrients. It needs the, you know, we say calories, but it needs the energy that you're putting into it to um, help yourself recover. And like, it's not fast food and milkshakes and all of that. You know, we're talking the good whole food nutrition um, and the protein that your body's really going to, you know, do so much better with. So that's, that's great. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up, Blakely. Yeah, I try to educate my patients as much as I can. That's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, this has been really enjoyable. I can't thank you enough for sharing um, some of this from a physical therapy uh, perspective on the game of pickleball and, you know, injury prevention and what to do if you do get injured. Is there any other things I missed out on or you want to discuss before we yeah. go? Just, you know, out there, just keep moving, keep at it. And you're never too old to start. Trust me. I've seen the older ones come in and to see their strength gains, it is possible. That's so true. I love it when I see, um, I know several women that just from picking at the sport of pickleball over the last three years have really uh, done, you know, they're just moving more. And, and when you start moving more and you're getting outside, you get that vitamin D and you just start feeling better. You can just, they, they look so much younger and happier and more vibrant. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Sure is. Awesome. Well, Blakely, thank you so much. And I will put your um, Instagram. Is that the best way for people to follow you and, and reach out to you? Yeah, it is. It's just my name at Blakely Lazat. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, Jill. I appreciate it. Midlife ladies, are you ready to kick off the new year with a healthier, happier you? Well, I've got just the thing for you. Introducing the Faster Way to Fat Loss, my six-week nutrition and fitness program, the ultimate journey to transform your body and elevate your well-being. Join me, Jill Lewis, your dedicated coach, as we embark on six weeks of empowering workouts, delicious meals, and unwavering support. So picture this, you've got workouts tailored to your fitness level that you can do at home or in the gym. No more excuses because they're just 30 minutes and they get results. Also, you'll receive a comprehensive meal guide to fuel your body with the right nutrients, helping you achieve goals faster than ever. There's also more. Accountability is honestly the name of the game. You won't be on this journey alone. As part of my community, you'll have access to exclusive trainings and live sessions with me, your coach, providing the guidance and the motivation that you need to stay on track. This isn't just a program, it's a lifestyle change. And we will be there to support each other, celebrate victories, and overcome challenges. Spaces are limited, so don't miss out on the chance to transform your body and your mindset in 2024. Head to today's show notes for more information on my next six-week round of the Faster Way to Fat Loss. Let's make this year your year.